I V M. All right, welcome to Shunya One, episode nine zero. Ten short of a century. Yes, we're almost getting there, Amit. <laughs> this is this. I think we made something. This is this is yes, becoming are. something. I now. think we're very. I think we might have crossed our second anniversary just about now. Because if I remember correctly, the thing that we did at WeWork last year yes. was around this time. It was exactly. late April. Exactly. Uh, so we've yeah. done a bit of uh, replays on a few weeks. Yes, we have. Uh, but we are. But two years into it, Sheila, what do you think about your podcasting superstardom? Well, I know it's a, with great power comes yeah. great responsibility. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, no, but we're going to speak to some responsible people, right? I mean, like absolutely, some, yeah. absolutely. So, it was a fun episode last week. Yeah, uh, so, what is what is our so the whole Slack thing? question that we asked was, uh, if you were starting up as an entrepreneur, uh, would you look for a potentially profitable but limited business, or would you be trying to build a unicorn? And uh, basically, the answers we got were 93% would like to build a potentially profitable but limited business, and only 7% would like to build a unicorn. Really? Does that surprise you? Well, I think it's sign of times, right? Yeah. I think uh, we saw one unicorn building phase, and then we saw that, well, very few of them really became unicorns well, or lasted. Lasted unicorns, uh, right? And I think the second wave that we're seeing now uh, all talk about businesses that, you know, stand on their own legs. Hmm. Uh, they still get the unicorn status and funding, but I think they have some uh, they have something to them, or sure. at least so it seems. I, I buy that too. I mean, like I think that uh, anybody, uh, I, I think it only makes sense to look at businesses like if there's profit motive involved, right? I mean, like businesses that are going to lose money forever are not really well. Not everybody's yeah. aware, right? We'll see how that IPO also does. We shall see how that does. I, I mean, like, it, I, I think a lot of that was overdone. People just saying whatever they wanted to say because it's a filing, right? In a filing, you have to use certain kinds of languages. But, we'll see whether yeah. they are beaten about it or... Well, we, uh, we, we shall we see. We shall find out when that anyway, actually goes live. we have a good episode in front of us. Yes, it's a fun episode today. We're talking to our first uh, Calcutta entrepreneur. Yes, I know. Calcutta has a thriving entrepreneurship scene well, or tech scene. Or, uh, or we'll find out. Out. We Let's find out. go talk to our guest for the day. All right, welcome to our show. I'm here with Gaurav Jalan, the founder of M Pocket. Welcome to the show, Gaurav. Thank you. How's it going? You're here from Calcutta. You're actually yes. one of the first founders I think we've had on Shunyaman, <laughs> who is based out of Calcutta. And building a company out of Calcutta. So before we actually get into how you came to found M Pocket, I'm really interested to know how are you doing this and how is the tech scene in Calcutta? We'd love to know. So we're trying to build the tech scene in Calcutta. I mean, it's uh, it's it's not uh, it's not as vibrant as a Bangalore or a Bombay or a Gurgaon. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're trying to act as the anchors and maybe start the process somewhere because it has to start with somebody. Right. So the decision to build in Calcutta was not as calculated as you might imagine. I mean, I just happened to be from Calcutta. So I was living there. So when I started a business, it happened to start in Calcutta. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, uh, but yes, I mean, it come, it does come with a set of challenges because if you don't have an ecosystem, it's difficult to find the right people mm-hmm. to join you in the journey. So we've been, um, it's been a little challenging, but we found a very good set of people now who are at M Pocket and helping, you know, build this enterprise. 
but yeah i mean certain roles like especially technology specific roles mm-hmm. so the the dirty secret is that our tech team is based out of bangalore uh-huh. <laughs> there is a there's the truth but uh, that, that's interesting so but what other kinds of companies are there in calcutta i mean like again we don't have calcutta people often right so let's try and kind of find out if there are other interesting other other interesting startups you could uh, mention from there so uh, one startup that i can name wow momo Of course, okay. it's all over the place. They're from Calcutta, so okay. we do have our yeah. share of very interesting, enterprising businessmen. Right, right. Let's not discredit the Bengalis. Oh we're, yeah, of course. We're, I'm we're, sorry, we are cool. I, I did not realize that to be. I was. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it's just that not too many of them are in tech. Yeah. So yes, That's there's true. enterprising businesses for sure. But coming back to your story, of course, could you tell us how M Pocket came to be, and of course, a little bit about the genesis of this product and now it's journey so far so empocket um started from a conference of two things one is my personal background is in finance so i have uh, you know i got an mba i spent a lot of time as a financial investment analyst also the other part of it is that i uh, did my college education outside india in the us so one thing that i had there the advantage of was as a student i had a credit card Mm-hmm. right so so that sounds very simple but all my friends back here and even to this day if you're a college student in india it's pretty much impossible to get a credit card and i'm not talking about add on cards with your parents right that's that's different i mean you cannot get a personal card on your own credibility right and as a student in the us i found that credit card extremely useful to manage my finances to manage those occasional shortfalls and there is absolutely no reason why a student in india is any less trustworthy or any um, you know less good with his finances right right so so that's where the genesis of the idea came from you know i was from a finance background i was looking for business opportunities and i saw this as a kind of blank space that uh that needed to be filled right right so that's how we we started very small very simple the idea was you know let's let's come out with a simple product so essentially m pocket is uh it's a credit card on an app uh, on an app right so any student they just need to download the app there's a one time registration process because we need to meet regulations so the the student needs to do their kyc but that's a one time thing mm-hmm. um once that's done uh you know we we assign the student a credit limit it's similar to what you would have on a credit card right you can borrow up to x amount right and uh, essentially these are small loans so our average ticket size is 1000 rupees mm-hmm. right so it's again it's meant as it's meant to fulfill short term kind of cash needs of students so it's just to get you over that hump until month end mm-hmm. you know you just need this little extra money to spend on something it could be education related and a lot of our users do for example they've told us they use it for exam fees they use it to buy books or the occasional thing but it's also non education related it's you know it could be travel it you need to take a cab once in a while it's expensive you don't have the money mm-hmm. you want to just entertain yourself you want to eat out you want to spend a little extra you want to go for a movie you want to take your girlfriend out on a date a little short mm-hmm. so uh, you know personally as a company we don't look down on that and say hey if it's only for your education borrow mm-hmm. from us or otherwise you know it's not a good thing mm-hmm. um but there are different things also right i mean like borrowing for education as opposed to borrowing to manage your day to day cash is is they're just fundamentally different uses right they are they are yeah, yeah. and so our our approach is that we're you know we leave that up to the individual right we're agnostic for some people you know the joy they get from 
you know that occasional extra spend on something that might seem discretionary or wasteful to you and I mm-hmm. is you know as much as uh, another person might need to buy that book or pay that extra exam fee etc or take that cab to go somewhere right buy a bus ticket whatever it is right, right? so those are the little needs we're trying to fulfill mm-hmm. and uh, so far the response has been phenomenal mm-hmm. i mean since we we launched this about uh, a little over 2 years ago and uh, today we have about 3 and a half lakh users all across the country who are using m pocket mm-hmm. and uh, on a daily basis we are onboarding you know a few thousand users wow right so it's uh, it is it shows that there's demand for something like this right and mm-hmm. there was a need that just wasn't being fulfilled before mm-hmm. and right. that's what we're trying to do and you're squarely focused on the audience being college students uh, uh, that's the constraint which you've put while you've not restricted how you can use the funds uh, you are going with the the this particular user set uh, which you want to go after how, how are you uh, focusing on that like what uh, could you tell us a little bit about the internal thesis which you have around why that's a good audience to go after why this sort of ticket size especially in fintech and loans and lending there's a fear of people not repaying so give us a little insight on what you have over the last 2 years seen absolutely so you know as i explained the genesis of the idea was let's try and identify a gap or a need that is there and try and fill it right so this was one obvious gap that was there because there are a lot of other companies that are you know trying to lend to people Anyone, who are yeah. salaried people who are you know small entrepreneurs there's the microfinance is a big industry they're already lending to kind of people who are uh, you know not below the poverty line but in rural areas trying to build businesses etc so right. those were you know areas where there were other people who were trying to do something already so we felt that this was novel this was something that no one was doing and uh, you know that for for that novelty and for that kind of uh, potential we should give it a shot right. so that's how we started and frankly uh, the demand has been so much and the feedback we've got from the users has been so good that uh, we've just continued to do this mm-hmm. um th- that is not to say that we'll you know forever just keep doing only this mm-hmm. but as of now we feel like there's there's more than enough room for us to continue to grow in this segment but what we've also started to do is you know our students who are now graduating and getting jobs right. we're allowing them to continue to borrow Uh-huh. So so that is a natural progression for us it's also i mean these are our existing users we understand them so there's no reason for us to stop you know providing them the benefit that they've been getting from m pocket while they were students so this was a natural progression something we introduced about 6 months ago will you increase the ticket size once they're out of college yes so based on uh, their salary the kind of job they have we do increase the ticket size and allow them to borrow more so that changes in some ways the uh, risk factor as well right because now you're on a larger number i mean like i get that you can mitigate the risk more but you are uh, each individual loan is a uh, higher risk no absolutely so um, that, see that that's something that's dynamic i okay. mean it, it is risk is never a constant and you have to continue continuously tweak you know your assumptions what you're doing who you're lending to what amounts you're lending uh, i mean those are some those are fluid things right right so we we don't uh, think of them as static and you know i mean it's just a business decision you have to right. kind of keep trying new things right and this is an attempt uh, on our part to try something new tell us a little bit about this uh, the 
understanding risk part because again when i think about college students they are uniquely yes underserved like you identified and hence you have the solution but they also even though they're borrowing money they are not repaying from something they are earning they are repaying from either pocket money or parents money or i actually don't know what i i didn't have money i only had my parents money in college so how would i repay people i borrowed from so what's the what's the understanding there and have you looked at what does your data tell you now that you've started doing this for so long so i think you're absolutely correct in that uh, you know college students are obviously not earning full time i mean right. they're studying so therefore by and, definition and in not india there's no work culture i don't think there is about like joining a joining, mcdonald's yeah, and you know part time jobs part time jobs college. during college Although you'd be surprised i mean that yeah. is data that we do collect and we see an increasing trend in that direction oh please that share, people yeah. are uh, you know an increasing percentage of our students are getting part time jobs and they're I sharing see. that information with us because that is something we right. ask them to share what kind right. of uh, places are they working so uh, it can be i mean for example the swiggies Mm-hmm. Oh, Swiggy of the world, Swiggy Zomato. Right, I mean, these right. kind of delivery services mm-hmm. um, have become a big employer of students, right? Because you have a, it's it's even like you don't even need to have your own vehicle. Your friend has a motorbike. Right. You have a few hours between classes. Wow. And you just uh, you know sign up because these are on demand, right? The good right, thing right. is the hours are very flexible. Right. So I think we we've seen some of that. I mean, I I don't want to suggest that it's a trend and that a very large percentage of people are doing this, right. but we've seen. enough of it to suggest that people i mean students now are taking this seriously i mean they they do want to sort of earn their living and it's also just uh, it's aspiration i mean mm. you know people have more needs therefore they want to spend more money and this right. is obviously i mean earning you need to earn more money to spend it because right. beyond the point i think everyone's parents has this fixed pocket money that <laughs> they give you right i mean they're not it's, it's not, not unlimited money, yeah. correct and if you look so, at the india market also and especially given that you are in so many geography in so many pin codes like you said like you know across india uh, you are serving people of uh, every economic strata absolutely right and given that you are doing such small micro loans to people who to students who genuinely may not have even a pocket money or you know or have a have the the i would say the the discretionary spend pocket money they'll have pocket money for literally food this 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 and yeah. that's already covered so they don't have the discretionary spend wall budget so how and with you they get that so how do they repay it so look i'm one of the ways we mitigate this is by actually just keeping this loan size small right so that generally the idea is i mean if you don't lend a lot of money the problems in repaying it is less right. but you are absolutely right that you know what about those people for whom even let's say a thousand or two thousand is a lot of money right so we do have certain ways of identifying or proxying that i mean obviously it's not perfect but by and large i'll give you one example for example what type of phone are you using right so that is information that because we are lending through a mobile app i mean there's uh-huh. a lot of information on your device that we get correct right so we can use like the type of phone you're using tells us something about your paying ability right or if you're able to buy an expensive phone or right. a phone of a certain kind right i mean it probably tells us that okay you'll be able to repay 1000 rupees comfortably wow right so things like that i mean you know today for example sms data is a treasure trove of information right, right. i mean right. any right. financial transaction that you do right um it it leaves an sms trail right so so our algorithms can analyze that data and again proxy 
what your spending ability might be right right so kind of we use various things to build intelligence around this because mm-hmm. um obviously you don't don't want to be indiscriminate Correct. Right, right? Uh, because you might end up kind of hurting people indirectly instead of helping them. So Correct. we try and be careful about that. But yeah, it's not a hundred percent. I'll admit that because when you're working at scale, I mean, you can only estimate certain things. I right. mean, it's very difficult to be hundred percent sure about well, it. Nobody's hundred percent right. Even the biggest banks are not a hundred percent. So I mean, that's not the this. I mean, like, is it? Uh, so like, I mean, like uh, you were uh, mentioning when we were talking offline, right? Some of the ways that you are controlling for fraud. Yeah. Uh, I think that might be an interesting bit to start to talk about a little bit right now, right? You were mentioning how um, the, some of the some of the tricks that people use to try and trick you guys. Yeah, so some of the common things are, you know, one student trying to create multiple accounts, for example, because we restrict how much you can borrow. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they think by creating multiple accounts, they can, you know, borrow more money. Uh-huh. So again, we have, you know, based on the data that we're collecting, it's very data driven, right? Right. So based on the data that we're collecting, we, we've set up intelligence around this to throw out probabilities that a certain account is a fraud or a certain transaction is fraudulent. Mm-hmm. So for example, I mean, if, if students in a, in a group or a cluster are trying to do something, the sequence in which events are happening, you know, which phones they're using, um, in what kind of sequence the loan requests are coming in wow. so things like that I mean there's a lot of data that we can put together and we build sure. models around this that help sure. us you know catch a, catch a lot of this I mean I'm sure, sure there are people who get away and they'll probably if some of them listen to this they'll be <laughs> laughing saying haha you know I actually got you guys <laughs> no I think and I think uh, this, this is what you're trying to do is obviously something which everyone else in this space like the fintech overall space is also doing right the mining data for patterns is absolutely the fundamentals of um, most fraud uh, techniques and the fact that you're right Today, via our phones and via the data on our phones, we actually give up a lot more data than even the best banks in the world yeah. used to have, right? right. Before yeah, this, yeah. even the banks didn't have that data. Hence, they were super restrictive Correct. about you know, I, lending. Sometimes you get surprised, right, by the kinds of stuff that things know about you. Uh, I think it was Paytm or one of these other apps, right? And um, they basically were, they had asked for my SMS. Can I read your SMS? And they asked for it because I had to put money into it. Right. And then all of a sudden, it's like, would you like to pay your mobile bill from here? And yeah. I was like, okay, all right, that's not, that's interesting. But that's what you're giving that's up. That's what I am giving up, right. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is clearly a trade-off. I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of talk about privacy. You know, Europe has come out with this bill called GDPR, right. et cetera. India is working Coming on its up. own yeah. version. Yeah. So I think it's, a, you know, privacy is extremely important. And I would definitely advocate for privacy. But I think it's important that a balance is drawn and ultimately that somewhere that uh, choice is left up to the individual mm-hmm. right because if you try and make it too restrictive what I will agree. happen is a lot of these services that for example things that we are doing based on data if you restrict the data collection too much there are certain decisions that we won't be able to make and therefore what we will choose to do is simply not offer that service right to a certain segment who's getting it so I think the the government and you know policymakers just need to draw a balance somewhere. I'm not the, suggesting the that privacy is not important. Yeah, so and it's best left to the individual with some basic ground rules. Right. But it's you know ultimately they, it should, they, they be left. should be deceptive. But if a person wants to give up the privacy for the convenience that's available, they should yes. have the right to do that. Just as a person should have the right to maintain privacy if they'd like to. Absolutely. Uh, right. I, I no, think, that's exactly yeah. you're saying. Uh, the, you should knowingly you should know what you're giving up, and against what benefit. Correct. As long as that. If the people want the benefit, you have to... You have to give up privacy. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. 
so that's that's standard i guess again for this space now i mean i i know the conversation around privacy actually was is more hot now than before right and in the early days when you know especially with sms data we've had a conversation about that before that people used to say yes to everything and no one cared about privacy when the internet exploded in india right uh, people have given up god knows what oh my god <laughs> access of all kinds of stuff right so I mean, like all there is a treasure of trove of data with everyone who started early on in this space i right. guess right and i mean now the, the the constraints are coming in but yours is obviously a genuine use case of this right you need yeah. this data to build a profile you need this to counter fraud how do you see that uh, the overall f- the space which you're in right now it's it's lending to a certain subset is your product if is it getting easier to do business or is it getting more restricted obviously demand like you said is there there's right that you've clearly established that there is people need this right and the patterns are emerging which you just said about the fact that people are repaying also yes but how easy is it going to be going forward to you know really expand on this full fledged or do you see competition coming in do you see the banks which now have the same access to data right can they do this now suddenly and they sort of just overtake you you think i mean just so i think competition is a it's a constant and i mean if you're doing any kind of endeavor you have to assume that competition is going to come at some point even if it's not there at right. present so so that is not something that we uh, that we worry about at all i mean it's it's you kind of just keep your head down and sure do what you're doing as far as banks specifically are concerned i think we're still a long way off before you know banks enter this kind of lending and there are various reasons for that i mean banks you know even though as you said for example i mean sms etc they're a good source of information and it's not like banks don't have the bandwidth in fact they have more resources at their disposal to build you know whatever models they want but i think it's just the way they structured the mindset the legacies that they come with it's very difficult for them to offer a product of the kind that we are offering mm-hmm. right and also sometimes it's just about the size of the opportunity mm-hmm. so you know what for us as a small company who's just started out is very interesting to do for a bank of any reasonable size or even a large size you know non bank institution it may not be interesting right so they'll just kind of dismiss the opportunity because they'll say the market size is not large enough for right. example right so so that is uh, something that's there uh, but in you know you asked about whether things will get easier um so i don't think you know there's always challenges again challenges are a constant is just that the form changes right right so there is you know sometimes it's about regulation so again when you're in this business you know regulations are a big issue right it's a very regulated industry uh, you have the rbi you have other regulators who get involved as well we just talked about privacy laws so that's another right. regulation kind of right. that's imposed So, you know that actually yeah. uh, just jumping into that right i mean like we had an episode recently where we were talking a lot about regulations and stuff like that right what are some of the regulations that you are dealing with that you find most onerous um so one example that i think you will find uh, you know commonly stated is the kyc process for example mm-hmm. so it's not necessarily that the process is onerous but there's for example now what's happened with aadhar mm-hmm. and the aadhar judgment by the supreme court last year there's a lot of ambiguity mm. about you know what is actually allowed what is not allowed there's still a lot of gray area people are still trying right. to interpret it 
you had the full Aadhaar stack that was built out now on certain assumptions, it. and yeah. now you can't use it effectively, yeah. right? So, it's not so much regulation, but it's a sudden change in regulation, right? And uh, you know, not giving people enough time to adapt. Right. I think that is the bigger the biggest, challenge. Yeah. It is not about, I mean, if you lay out the rules clearly, I think most people will, you know, work around, work around it yeah. and figure out a way to follow them. Right. Yeah. But if you change them overnight, I think, you know, any any practical person has a, you know, tough time dealing with it, right? Mm. So if you, you, because you've set up all your processes and everything around, you know, doing things a certain way and then the rules are changed overnight. I mean, that becomes a challenge for anybody. All right. Mm. On that note, I think we're going to take a quick break, come back and talk some more. All right, welcome back. So that brings me to another aspect of, again, this business, right? Uh, jokingly, by the way, now, two years ago when you started, I it was obviously, you know, one of the various things you could do in fintech. But now, lending specifically has somehow become what we, we see as a feature. <laughs> right. Right? So if uh, if I have any, any product today, I could lend right. some money to you, <laughs> right? In some way or form. So, yeah. yes, the joke is lending as a feature. But... You're obviously doing, again, a very focused part of it. Given that traditionally for banks who have been the erstwhile lenders of, you know, before fintech arrived, Mm. the way they made money was actually on interest, right? You give a loan, people pay back with interest. How are you making money, especially at these small ticket sizes? And what's what's the future of how you as a business will thrive in this space? So, uh... We do also charge interest and fees just like banks do. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that is our primary way of making money. Uh, apart from that, I think there is, and I speak generally here because we are not doing these things at present, but longer term, the idea is that, you know, you can identify the needs of a customer and offer them various other products in partnerships mm-hmm. with other companies, right? So for example, if I have a student... Um, I'm doing small ticket loans to a student, but if I identify that there's a certain student who might want to buy a two-wheeler, right? right? So what what stops me from partnering with banks who offer that product and, you know, offering that service to the student? So it's basically about identifying the needs of a customer, kind of owning that customer, understanding what they want, and then partnering with other people to kind of offer them those products. And that is another way of generating revenue. Now, every business needs to decide, you know, how much of what they want to do and whether, again, the, you want to keep the product simple and just offer, you know, the core or you want to build a lot of things around it and have a lot of partnerships and right. offer all these other things. So that is a decision and I think different people do it differently. But, you know, those are the various models of right. kind of generating revenue and lending. I do want to come to your point about, you know, lending as a feature. I know this started on Twitter. It's become yeah. <laughs> very popular. Yes. So, so I have my own views on it. Um, I think... Uh, I don't quite agree uh-huh. about, you know, lending as a feature. I think th- these things tend to trend, you know, so, so you okay. have a certain trend that starts, everyone tries it out and then, uh, you know, the the proof actually comes a little later once, you know, the kind of the tide goes back. Right. Um, so, so, so I was jo- joking earlier saying that, you know, you've got someone who's, you know, delivering milk mm-hmm. and they figure like, I, I know how much milk this guy buys, so I understand the risk and let me start <laughs> lending money against that. <laughs> I think... I think you can make that leap and you can do it. Um, but there are a lot of other facets to lending. I think lending in itself is a, it's it's an entire process in itself. It's right. not, so, which is why I think the feature versus business uh, argument, I, I 
you know, so you I, I would not. I would not say it's merely a feature. So when people are talking about it as a feature, you think they're looking at it too unidirectionally. They're not giving it a full kind of... Yeah, I think they're not giving it uh, the kind of depth of kind of analysis that that it needs, right? Because it's, again, in lending, it's it's very easy to lend out the money. Mm-hmm. It's about kind of getting, getting it back <laughs> and making money in the process. Right. So I think that is where a lot of people will realize the challenge lies. Right. Eventually, so, I, yeah. So I know a lot of these other startups who are using it as a feature are obviously doing it on the back of a bunch of VC money uh, and capital raised. How are you managing? Uh, how is your company structured when it comes to you know lending? Are you lending off a book? Are you lending off? A, uh, you know, explain a bit of how that model works because you said you're making money on the small interest part also. Yeah. So are you working with banks? Are you could you share a little bit about the structure of your business? So in India, to lend money, you either have to be a bank or you have to be licensed as an NBFC by the Correct. RBI. Correct. So we are currently, uh, Mpocket is currently neither. So the way our model works is we are a platform. Mm-hmm. We partner with NBFCs who are actually lending the money. Uh-huh. Okay. Right. So that is how we operate. Okay. So you're the, you own the identity of the customer and the relationship and then work with the Lending party. Exactly, yeah. But do they impose their own constraints? They're the same people who would not lend to this guy, right? Uh, What changes when you bring your relationship in the mix? So what we bring is the intelligence that allows these people to be comfortable with the risk. I see. Right, so based on our models and what we're able to demonstrate... Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, these lenders that we partner with, they're comfortable taking on that risk then. And, you know, to be fair, we're not currently partnering with big banks, for example. So so I think it's still a while before we can convince, let's say, a, a big bank to lend to the segment. Correct. But at least, I mean, the the more kind of adventurous, you know, smaller NBFCs, etc. I mean, the, there are companies who are willing to experiment a little bit and take on that little extra risk and right. see whether it's worth it. And it's panning out, like you said. You have two years worth of data now. Uh, Absolutely. You're seeing that you are able to recover money with interest and able to pay, uh, I mean, obviously make some money and pay back uh, your NBFC partners. Yeah, absolutely. I think our partners, uh, if you speak to them, will say that they're very happy with the journey till date. Right. And excited about what's to come ahead. Right. And, uh, you know, we've been able to build a good institution. I mean, today at Mpocket, we employ, you know, nearly 200 people. Wow. Um, yeah, so it's... Between uh, Calcutta and Bangalore. Yeah. What's <laughs> <laughs> your yeah. split in terms of tech versus business? Just in terms of manpower? Uh, so tech would be about 10%. Okay. The rest is business. So it's more because operational, it's, is it? It is because yeah. it's a, a consumer-facing business. I mean, it right. all it tends to be operational heavy. There's yeah. no way around that. Right. So you run call centers or mostly, is it like through chat or how, how do you deal with, how do you interface with your customers? So it's a mix, yeah. So it's a, it's a lot of calling. It's also email, chat, uh, you know, WhatsApp. Awesome. SMS is all the all the kind of remote channels. Do you use any kind of uh, automatic chat system uh, for your this, or is it all like fully manual? Um, so as of now, it's mostly manual. Okay. But you know, chatbots they huh. are very popular. We're fi- trying to figure out how to make it work best. <clears throat> what we don't want to do is you know offer something just for the sake of the technology and not have it work properly. Right. right so right. you don't want an automated. You know, chatbot that doesn't give a good response. (laughs) So we'd rather just take a little bit of time and give a good response to the user. (laughs) And I think the core intelligence of your platform is fine-tuning this whole 
what to give what to who to give to right that's the exactly. intelligence you're building exactly. the, the automation can always work around it once you have that optimized so no, absolutely you're spot on on that right. yeah so what what is the next step i mean now to obviously you have the intelligence you have so far you are at you know 3 and 1/2 lakh users uh, you're lending a certain amount of you've already lent out so you have a book which is out there and that size is growing right right uh, what's the, there's obviously a large opportunity ahead uh, the market is still is huge what's the scope like do you have any targets which you have ad- under you've mapped out which you want to go to so i think you know the way we think about it is uh, there's give or take about 5 crore college students in india Mm-hmm. right so in terms of size we're still tiny mm-hmm. so the first goal is to at least get to some meaningful size where we're reaching a good percentage maybe 10 20% at least of the college student population in the country mm-hmm. um so that so that you know that's a huge headroom that's available to us and that we need to kind of do justice to uh, beyond that as i mentioned i mean uh, you know kind of uh, as these students graduate and get into jobs i mean that segment we think is very interesting and that is again something that is not really being tapped into by existing players very effectively mm-hmm. uh so people who are graduating from good colleges getting into good companies i mean they don't have an issue right i mean right. they they get their you know they they have bank accounts uh they get personal loans they get credit cards etc but there's a huge chunk of the population that ends up working in you know relatively lower paying jobs at you know small companies or maybe the local restaurant or you know places there where they would be earning maybe 10 20000 rupees a month you know that kind of salary so these people still face a big challenge in getting credit right right so so the idea is that what we are doing with students we want to also be able to do with this segment Right. Um, of the population, right? Actually, and uh, since you start acquiring them as customers when they are students, actually that's a really good way to kind of move forward with them as well, right? Exactly. You already have data around each of these people. You can kind of move up to all kinds of loans, right? Yes. At that point, yes. Yes. Yeah. Very Lovely. cool. Very nice. Uh, do you want to share a uh, like a little bit about obviously how you're building out of Calcutta and uh, why folks should want to maybe join your team? Are you hiring? Are you expanding? uh tell us maybe a shout out to our listeners on uh where they can reach you uh, talk to you on twitter or <laughs> or anywhere else so um you know people can reach out to us via email uh, that's the best way to reach out to us uh we uh we are growing very rapidly i mean as i said the you know the demand is huge it's growing rapidly and our organization is growing along with that so we are always looking for you know young blood to join our company actually most of the people with us um they it's mostly their first job oh. right so we're actually hiring a lot of fresh graduates right. so sticking so, to your yes sticking <laughs> to, <laughs> to your demographic Lovely, to our demographic yeah. exactly so so you know if you're out of college just you've just graduated you want you're looking for a job uh, you are in the calcutta region because you're there <laughs> do look us up uh, i don't know how many people out there want to make the move to calcutta for this but if you do we will we'll welcome you with open arms yeah so do do give us a shout out we are looking for young blood uh, we think we are building a very uh, building something very exciting mm-hmm. we think we are serving a genuine need and uh, you want to have fun while you're doing it what about awesome. you are you on twitter yourself i am on twitter yes what's, what's that um gorav_jalan 
just a reminder, guys, uh, we are, uh, sorry, if you want to join our Slack channel, please go to the website, ivmpodcast.com slash junior1. Over there, there's a button saying join the Slack channel, uh, send us your email address, and we will send you an invitation. Also, please do a rating or a review wherever you could, if that is on iTunes or if that's on CastBox or wherever you are listening to this, please do a rating. Absolutely. Thank you so much for doing this, Gaurav. Uh, we look forward to hearing more about Empocket, of course, and uh, for seeing you when you're in Bombay next. And uh, hope a lot more happens. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you.